It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vikings are now 9-0 in one-score games this season. Last year's Vikings would never. We're breaking down yet another thriller at the bank coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk and it starts now. No Luke Inman today. I'm Sam Ekstrom in for Luke on Superior Sports Talk. Luke will be back tomorrow. We're joined as always by Care 11's Reggie Wilson on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. Hope you had a good weekend, Reggie. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And the Vikings covered the spread yesterday, 27-22. They beat the New York Jets. They are 10-2. and Still way atop the NFC North, still chasing the Philadelphia Eagles for that one seed. And Reggie, they don't make it easy on us. I mean, the the beat writers trying to file their stories at the end of the game, they haven't had an easy time this year because there are so many twists and turns, and it always comes down to the final play. And yesterday was more of the same as Mike White's final heave was intercepted by Cam Bynum and the Vikings, 10-2 and two with five games to go. So Reggie, here's how I I kick things off. I want you to grade the quality of the win. I want you to tell me if the Bills is a 10, and I don't even know if it is, but if the Bills is a 10, you know, maybe Patriots was an eight. uh, Where does this win fall in your mind when you consider sort of the, uh, the issues they had on both sides of the ball along the way? Okay. So it's weird scale here. Cause I'm like, if, if it's, higher than a seven does that mean that the game was good or does that just mean that their win was good that yeah that's it's a good question so i don't think we're grading on like the drama of the finish because it was Mm -hmm. certainly dramatic and that's an entertaining football game but i guess when we when we dissect this game and we break apart the three phases the offense defense and special teams how they performed relative to how their their season has gone. Do you feel good walking away from that win? Yeah, I think I give them an eight or a nine because that was a gritty win. And look, the NFL is the NFL. There's a lot of parody. You know, these other teams lace them up just like the Vikings lace them up. And so the Jets, they were down 20 to three. It was like, oh, okay, like, huh, is is it going to be one of those games? But, like, something in the back of your head just like, oh, man, it, they're going to come back. Like, they're going to they're gonna find a way to, to tie this thing up or to make it close because that's just how these Vikings games go. And we saw that. It, it just played out like we felt like it would. And it's like the Vikings don't, like, come out of these games satisfied unless they give the fans a cardiac event. Like we did take 11 on Vikings <laughs> extra last night. And the common refrain was like, Oh, I, 
great win, but I about had a heart attack. Oh, great win, but I need my blood pressure medicine now. Oh, great win, but it's taking years off my life. Like, and that's like an every week thing. And we came to kind of not even appreciate last year, but we came to expect it last year because these were kind of similar circumstances. Only difference is they're winning these games now instead of, I think it was 14 games came down to one score last year and they won six of them. Not great. Nine of them this year, nine and oh. And so I guess at the end of the day, the payoff is, is what matters. Right. And they walked away with the W even though like they literally use every last minute, every last second of the game to try to put it away. It's, it's, it's comedy a little bit is also just like the best drama, more, more dramatic than any soap opera, any soap opera that you'd watch on like NBC. It, it was, it was, it was something, but I give it an eight because like they had to hold on. And it was like at, at one point they were dominating and then they were just holding on for dear life. Like, Lord Jesus, let's just let us like get to the zeros with, with the the scoreboard still in our favor. And they did it. All of those red zone stops, all of those like drives that they held them to a field goal or either made them turn it over on downs. Like that was impressive. It's amazing the razor thin margins of this 10 and two record. Yesterday, if Braxton Brios makes a catch in the end zone that he probably should make, that's mm-hmm. likely a loss. If Josh Allen doesn't fumble the football in his own end zone in Buffalo, that's likely a loss. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you could probably trace back, you know, if Taylor Heineke doesn't throw a late pick. Th- there's a lot of what ifs that, that are related to this season. And the horseshoe has always been in the Vikings' favor. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they were necessarily lucky yesterday, but they had to dodge so many bullets down the stretch. It, it's just hard to believe that in a playoff situation, this is going to hold up. That's why that's why a lot of pundits, Reggie, are nervous. And I'm not sure yesterday's game did anything to dispel uh, those opinions. Mm-hmm. I felt like the offense was uneven. Now, on one hand, they put together three wonderful touchdown drives in that game, and they mm-hmm. were three of three in the red zone. So that is a feather in their cap. And the rest of the game was nerve-wracking, honestly. Kirk Cousins was taking hits, um, Mm -hmm. and they were punting the ball a lot in the fourth quarter when they could have just put the game away. But they come up with the one big drive. They come up with the big touchdown drive, Jefferson touchdown, to go up by 12. Um, And then this defense just keeps toying with us, Reggie. I mean, the, the first half was so encouraging. Didn't, didn't you kind of go to the halftime snack line and think to yourself, eh, 20 to six, this might actually be a comfortable home win if this continues. Mike White looks overmatched, and then what happens? There's no energy in the second half. Mike White starts ripping it all over the field. 57 mm-hmm. throws for Mike White, Reggie. And this defense, wow. while I think they came up with some big plays, they still allowed a lot of yards in that second half. 369 yards for Mike White and yep. 120 yards for the Jets on the ground. That's a, that's a 500-yard day. Um, yeah. So because of the offense's unevenness, because of the defense bending to the extent it did, for me, this is about a 6 out of 10 
win. Mm. Um, I I think that I do think the Jets are tough. I'm not sure that they're good, but I think they're tough. Like they don't give up. Their defense plays really hard, and their offense makes just enough plays. I think they've got a they've got a couple of years before I'm taking them seriously. But clearly, they're playing for their coach and they're playing for each other, and that that matters enough that they're not gonna you know fold in the tent in the fourth quarter. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure I feel amazing about the win. Am I being too negative here? I think you're just being a, a typical Vikings skeptic. You know, I think yeah. um, it has kind of pained people. It's it's interesting because I was in Cincinnati and it seems like all the Bengals are doing now is just winning. And now like the, there's just this sentiment, especially now that they have Joe Burrow, that like somehow they're going to find a way to pull these games out. Well, that wasn't the case. Like before I left Cincinnati, like there was very much a negative, you know, all same old Bengals, all the bungles, you know, like it was one of those things here in Minnesota. People are still very scarred because they've seen some like rip your heart out type losses from this team. You know, I'm, I'm still thinking about Blair Walsh. Dare I even bring it up? You know, I'm still thinking about, you know, right after the Minneapolis miracle, that next game getting like bludgeoned. Like I'm still thinking about all these heartbreakers that we've seen all the games that we saw last year. Like we're coming up on Detroit this week. I remember what happened in Detroit last year. It was gut wrenching if you're a Vikings fan. So I think, you being a little negative about it is just kind of par for the course because, like, you just – you want to trust them, but, like, you haven't seen them just, like, handily kick a team in the mouth except for, what, like, week one when they played the Packers? And even at times during that game, you were like, I don't know. You know, it, it still ended up being a double-digit win, but it was just like, oh, they, they made it entertaining all the way to the very end. So I, I get it. I get it. It's hard to maybe trust a team that has to play these tight games like this. But at the end of the day, 10 and 2 is 10 and 2, man. It's hard to really argue with that. And you talked about the thin margins. I get that too. But it's the NFL. And it's like, look, they just take the W's. At the it, When we look back a couple years from now and we see the 2022 season, all we're going to see is that record. You know, you may mm -hmm. not remember, oh, man, they took the Jets down to the wire. Oh, they took the 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 Lions, the Bears, you know, down to the wire. They went to London, and that was a little tough. You know, you, you may not remember those specific games, but you remember that it resulted in Ws, and it resulted in the record that it did. So I get it. It is a little tough to kind of wrap your head around like is this team like for real if they're just going to continue to win like this is not sustainable right maybe it is we just don't know yet i'm gonna make one comparison here so we all keep saying all right the vikings have time to like improve they have time to start winning more impressively and the offense can ascend and the defense can get better like we keep saying that right there's five games left there's not a lot of time for that to happen but I do want to bring people back to 2015 Vikings. Totally different team. I mean, I, I realize that. That was Mike Zimmer, Norv Turner, Teddy Bridgewater. 
that team was sort of waiting in the same kind of way. They were beating teams 16 to 10, 20 to 10. Um, you know, they, they came off a couple losses late in the year and people didn't know which direction they were going to go. Well, the last three games of that season, they beat teams 38, 17, 49, 17, and then at green Bay, 20 to 13, they, they really peaked late in December. And you went into those playoffs thinking this team could, could really do something. Um, and then mm -hmm. of course it was negative 20 degrees and Blair Walsh missed the kick and the rest is history there. Um, but that team really took until the final weeks to figure it out in all three phases. And it feels like this Vikings team is still like waiting to have that breakthrough where everything comes together and it's not too late. Like it can still happen. And I think that mm -hmm. uh, we're waiting for that offense in particular to really show that consistency more to come on the Vikings. Uh, we're going to get into our unsung heroes, but first a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every major pro and amateur league. Vikings covering yesterday and going over the over-under with 49 total points. Against Detroit, they start as one-and-a-half-point favorites. They are not exactly overwhelming favorites in these games, although they've covered the last two weeks. You can find that line and plenty more, all the other NFL lines, at betonline.net, plus NCAA football. NCAA uh, football playoff is coming up, and NCAA basketball has started up as well. And if you like sports podcasts, find those at Bet Online as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is a Luke Inman staple, I believe. The Monday after a game, you talk about the unsung heroes, Reggie. Um, so mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of options yesterday because I'm not sure there were necessarily any star performances. Everybody was kind of just contributing a little bit. So who gets your unsung hero distinction from yesterday's win? All right. Number one for me has to be Cam Bynum. He comes away with that game ceiling interception at the end. He almost had another one. He collided with the Caleb Evans earlier in the game and the, the ball just drops. <laughs> um, the first interception of the game, look, it's debatable whether he got there early on Corey Davis, but he broke up the pass. The ball goes up in the air and is picked off by Harrison Smith, who has 34 in his career now, the most among active players. I got to give him a game ball, my virtual game ball, because he was the difference maker in that game. He read his keys. He did what he was supposed to do, and he made a difference. So he's the, he's the biggest unsung hero to me. On the offensive side, I got to give love to both Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Both scored touchdowns. Both had dances in the end zone. It was funny. You never see Dalvin dance at all. He hit the gritty after his touchdown. 20 carries, 86 yards. It really seemed like he popped a big run whenever they needed one from him and really just kind of helped stabilize the, the offense. And Madison, he averaged... 4.7 a carry, even though he only had three carries for 14 yards. It seems like whenever they give him the ball, he does what he's supposed to do. And after the game, he talked about how they feel like they're the legs for the team, literally. And they help kind of set the tone. 
and they had some fun out there. So not only were they able to help set the tone, but they were able to have some fun while doing it. And they really helped the the Vikings. You, you mentioned three of three in the red zone. They had the first two touchdowns. And so mm-hmm. you give them that. I also give the unsung hero um, to Justin Jefferson. Look, he only had seven catches, 45 yards. But, man, it seemed like he was taking some licks yesterday. He missed the, the long pass. It would have gotten called back anyway because they, they got called on an offensive penalty on the offensive line. He missed that one. He said that one's going to haunt him. But it's okay because it wouldn't have counted anyway. But the passes that he did catch were phenomenal, man. Like, he was catching passes in traffic. getting like It seems like no hit is too hard for him. He gets popped on these plays, and he right. just gets up. He's flexing. He's like, yeah, like I caught it. He catches literally everything. And up until I went to sleep last night, man, that touchdown from him was just sensational. He kind of lulled DJ Reed to sleep at the top of the route and then just put the most subtle move on him. And like DJ Reed was just all out sprinting, trying to catch up to him, getting towards that, that corner of the, of the end zone. And it was too late. Jefferson catches that and they really needed that. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that was a drive that they really needed because they were on their heels and cousins leads them on a seven play 75 yard uh, touchdown drive. And what's funny is (laughs) I've tweeted this just kind of in jest, but it kind of, it kind of checks out a little bit when the offense gets in trouble. Who is the guy that cousins targets? Johnny Munt, Johnny yes. Munt, to start that 75-yard drive, Johnny Munt had the one catch for 12 yards to, like, start the drive. And that just seemed to get everything rolling. And so I I give him a, a an unsung hero uh, designation as well. Oh, you also give some love to K.J. Osborne. It seems like he goes quiet in these games, and then all of a sudden he he makes a big catch on third down, and you're like, "What? Well, okay, hello, KJ Osborne. Like, that's yeah. what they needed." Um, I also give one to Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager to me seems like the guy on the playground where you're like, "Look, look, just run as far and as fast as you can, and I'll find you. Like, I'll I'll hit you. I'll throw it up there." And Cousins literally had a YOLO throw. He had pressure, like, beaming down on him. He's getting hit. He just tosses one with all of his might. And Rager comes down with it. And it sets the Vikings up in in good field position to score. And so I I give him a a game ball as well. It's funny, like, I, I wanted to give some more people on defense. I guess you can give one to Harrison Smith for coming up with the interception. Um, Patrick Jones got the one and only sack, but also Duke Shelley, the dude just makes plays. I tweeted yesterday. He has justified his playing time. I know he had to come in because the Caleb Evans went out with, you know, uh, concussion protocol again, but the dude, it seems like they, they try to go after him teams after team, just go after him on game days. And somehow he comes up with a big PBU to like halt a drive or to to make sure that the threat of a team is is over 
And he's done that in all the games that he's played. So I, I count him as an unsung hero as well. I know that's a lot of game. I'm glad I'm not giving out game balls because I would run out of footballs to give. But mm-hmm. those are some of my unsung heroes. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell is a tough job after these games because he gives out like four <laughs> or five, it seems like, usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would echo you on Duke Shelley. It feels like, and I know he picked up a penalty yesterday, but it seems like he plays that really physical brand where there is a little bit of hand fighting at the point yeah. of, of catch. And, and what does that mean? It means he's in position. It means that he's like mm-hmm. in a guy's grill when he's making the catch. And I, I, I can live with that. If you're going to pick up an occasional penalty, if you're constantly around the ball, which it seems like he is, it seems like he's always right there jockeying for position. And even on that, that remarkable Cordy Davis catch on fourth and 10, Shelly was right there. I don't know how Mike White threaded that needle and I don't know how Shelly didn't get a piece of it. Maybe his head wasn't turned, but even on that play, Shelly was in perfect position. So I give Shelly a lot of props. And it gives you a little relief if you're a Vikings fan that, okay, if these guys are hurt, we can survive. We can survive this. And it sounds like Cam Dantzler is a good candidate to possibly come back this week. Um, Andrew Mm -hmm. Booth is out, obviously, and and I'm guessing a couple weeks now for Evans after his second concussion. So that's not great for your depth. You're going to have to count on Duke. Um, I'm going to give you one more name. And I haven't checked the PFF grades. Maybe I missed some some stuff with him, but I didn't feel like Blake Brandle played all that badly yesterday. In fact, I, I felt like I didn't really think about him at all, which is the mark of a good left tackle, right? Like he had a tough job. He went up against mm-hmm. one of the best front fours in the NFL, and, and it felt like he held his own. Cousins was sacked twice yesterday. That's not too bad of a number. Um, and I felt like a lot of the pressure came from the interior not the outside, not on Cousins' blind side. So I'm going to give an unsung hero to Blake Brandle, who keeps holding his own. Maybe we see Christian Derrissaw back next week. But again, if we don't, I think the Vikings are going to be okay. So I applaud Brandle. And can, can, the, the, can the Vikings just make all of their football players out of the stuff that Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins are made of, like just from a right. constitution standpoint? They bounce back up after these hits. Uh, I know Kirk Cousins actually winced yesterday. He flinched a couple times, which is unlike him. Usually he doesn't show pain at all. Um, But Justin Jefferson is on a heater right now where he's just catching everything and and taking hits at the end of it. Um, The three-yard catch he had on third and two where he had to, he had to really like expose himself. He had to reach Mm -hmm. out and like haul it in and take a, a big body blow. One of the best three-yard catches I've ever seen, Reggie. The guy is just a catch-radius monster right now. Nothing is uncatchable, and he's completely fearless about it. It is – it's it's seriously fun to watch. Um, I would say, though, that the 2,000-yard pursuit might have taken a hit yesterday. Um, He pretty much needs 150-yard games from this point on. We might have to, to put a damper on that dream. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. It's just weird because, like, we've seen most of his performances is, like, he gets, like, 100-plus yards in the first half and then kind of goes quiet in the second half. So, like, he needs some of these, like, all-together type performances to do that. You know, his his touchdown numbers are down as well just because, like, it you know, Kirk is spreading the love out and 
he's not getting the the touchdowns that maybe you think he should. Um, you would think that maybe he'd be in double digit territory right now, but you know, it, it, it's just one of those seasons. Um, but I, I do think that he can get close. It just depends, man. Like he's got some tough opponents coming up. You know, I see, you know, a matchup against Okuda again this weekend. After that, he's got, what, Stefan Gilmore. Then after that, he's got, you know, I really, I don't know too much about the Giants, honestly, but I know they have a pretty good defense. So he'll have them to contend with. And then, you know, you got Jair Alexander and then whoever the heck the Bears are going to be trying to throw out there. He might get two to 300 yards in that game against the Bears alone to get to 2,000. You just never know. <laughs> and also, also, uh, Sam, how about how about we mentioned Duke Shelley? How about the duo of Duke Shelley and DJ Reed, you know, both playing in that game, both, you know, starting, well, not starting corners, but, but both like high-level corners in that game. Those guys started opposite of each other at Kansas State. How about that? That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't realize that. In fact, I didn't know a lot about Duke Shelley until I, I you know, researched him a, a, about a week ago and realized, oh, this guy was actually drafted. Like, this guy played for the Bears. Mm -hmm. This isn't a UDFA. This isn't like a guy, you know, off the scrap heap. He actually was pretty well regarded out of college. Um, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, before we continue with our what does it mean segment, reminder to check out Amazon Fire and Roku where you can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota apps. Get a great seamless viewing experience of all of your favorite shows. It's Locked On Sports Minnesota with Endless Vikings Talk. Why wouldn't you want to watch us all day long? Uh, also subscribe on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, tell us your unsung hero from yesterday's game. Reggie and I have given you myriad options, and we probably left a couple people out as well. Check us out, Locked On Sports Minnesota. All right, what does it mean, Reggie? Uh, the final segment of the show. Do we have an open for this, Matt? Do we have an animation? If we do, I think this is time to run it. It's time to tell us, what does it mean? What does it mean, Reggie? Here's your first prompt. Greg Joseph made all of his kicks yesterday, including a 51-yard field goal that he eked in his first 50-plus yarder in ages. I was uh, I was a younger man when he once made one. Uh, <laughs> what does it mean for Greg Joseph's confidence that he was perfect on extra points and field goals yesterday? That had to be good for his confidence, but also it just means like, hey, hey, get off his back, everybody, okay? Like he had a few you know, bad kicks and, you know, things happen. It, it just means that he's a kicker in the NFL. You know, we saw uh, yesterday one of the more accurate kickers uh, miss one to tie the game, Harrison Bucker, yesterday against the Bengals. Like, and he's one of the better kickers in the league. Like, we've seen Justin Tucker miss kicks as well. Like, I know the the one a couple weeks ago was like a 65-yard or however long that was, and he was mad because he's like, I know I can make that kick. But he even missed the kick with the game on the line. It had it had the, the accuracy, but the distance was just a couple yards short. And so, look, it, it's happened. You know, Joseph has missed quite a few extra points. He's missed quite a few field goals, especially, you know, those 50 and beyond. This was a get-back-right game for him, and I, 
I think that this will give him confidence moving forward. Look, the Vikings, if nothing else, they have confidence in their people. You know, Kirk Cousins may make some mistakes. He didn't have his fastball yesterday. He missed on a lot of throws yesterday. But the guys still just continue to keep coming at him, confident in his ability. They put the ball in his hands on that fourth quarter drive, and he led them on that 75-yard drive ending and the touchdown to Justin Jefferson. Greg Joseph's, you know, kicks have been glaring sometimes this year. His struggles have been a little glaring, but the coaching staff just continues to put their trust in him, trots him out there, puts their belief in him, and it paid off yesterday. Yeah, well said, Reggie. Unrelated, I thought it was unbelievable watching Greg Zerline's 60-yard kick because we've got a great view from the press box where we're basically parallel with the goalposts. So we have a great mm -hmm. read on like the depth of the kick. That comes off his foot. It is a line drive bullet just cutting through the air. And it I think it hit the net. Like I think it cleared by a good five to ten yards. Um and seeing that happen from our vantage point was really cool up there. That might have been good from sixty five or seventy. I mean that was an Look, absolute bomb that Zerline they call him they call him Greg the Leg. You know, I think um, he had a, a, a few down years with the Cowboys. But look, I'm a St. Louis Rams fan. Jeff Fisher mm -hmm. drafted him. And he was Legatron for, you know, most of the, the, the 2010s decade. Like, the dude can just kick it just – he's like Uncle Rico as a kicker. He can kick it a quarter mile. You know, like, that's just – that's his thing. And so it, it's kind of cool to see, even as he's aged, like the leg is still there now on his third team in the league. All right. What does it mean, Reggie, that Kirk Cousins appeared to be a little shaken up yesterday as he went to the sideline? What does that mean for his long-term confidence and health that he's uh, he's taking some hard hits right now? Well, it just means, you know, he needs to take a couple more ice baths this week. Like, We've seen him stand in there and, and get some some pressure. Like, largely, Cousins is not getting brutally beaten in these games. But every now and again, he takes his lumps, takes some shots, and, and it's just it, it's one of those times where he probably has to go in the trainer room a, a couple more times during the week. Like, he took a, a shot to his ribs, I think, on that, that deep ball to Rager yesterday, and, and he looked to be in some pain. And so I'm sure he was feeling it after the game yesterday. He probably woke up this morning and didn't feel the best. But Cousins is tough, man. And and Thielen talked about it in the locker room. Uh, Justin Jefferson talked about it in the locker room. Kirk is just a tough son of a gun, man. He just gets up and he keeps yeah. firing. Something was going on yesterday. Like, I know that Kirk Cousins isn't like, you know, the the – the top five, you know, preeminent quarterback of the league or whatever. But, like, if nothing else, you know Kirk Cousins for his accuracy and for good decision-making. And he made some good decisions yesterday, but, like, for some reason, he was just off on some of those throws. And so I don't know what it was. Like, we were expecting to see primetime Kirk in that last game, but primetime Kirk, like kind of went away. We got a little bit of primetime Kirk from noon Kirk yesterday. I don't know what was going on with that yesterday, but but he uh he was just a little off on some throws. He made some good throws, yeah. like I mentioned, the the pass to Rager, the one to uh to Thielen on that 
uh, touchdown drive, the one to Jefferson on the touchdown. Like he made some good throws, but it was it it just wasn't the typical performance from Cousins. He didn't even clear two hundred yards yesterday. Yeah, um, that durability is important though. When you look around the league and you see three starting quarterbacks got hurt: Lamar Jackson, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it, it mm-hmm. happens all the time, and it blows up people's seasons. And that doesn't yep. happen with Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah. So, it, like he said after the game, he said it's like I get into a car crash every week, and then my yeah. team and my trainers they put me back together, so they'll reassemble him before Detroit. Woof. Last one, Reggie, in closing. What does it mean that the Eagles crushed a tough Titans team and they remain as the number one seed? What does it mean now that the Vikings still have essentially two games to make up with five to play? Man, it just means the Eagles are strong, man. They are dominant. Like, I think they are your leading favorite to come out of the NFC. And they've beaten just about everybody that you need to see them beat. Like, I think, you know, they got the Cowboys in their division. They may have something to say about where they go. And that's kind of tough that they're in their division. That Like, it's funny because that division is tough. You, you might see all four of them make a push for the playoffs. But what's interesting is, is that those teams, opposite of the Eagles in that division, are the Vikings' hope for taking them down and the Vikings get in that number one seed as long as the Vikings continue to keep winning. And they do still have an NFC East opponent on the schedule with the Giants. And so that's going to be interesting to see how things play out. But yesterday I was like, look, man, I I could see the Eagles and the 49ers. Like if the Vikings somehow can't get it done in the playoffs, I could see the Eagles and the Niners being like, the NFC championship game with the Eagles advancing to the Super Bowl. But then Jimmy Garoppolo breaks his foot and he's out for the season. I'm like, well, I don't don't really know about the Niners anymore. So that's the Vikings chance. Maybe we see a Vikings Eagles uh, NFC championship at some point and, and may the best team win, but the Eagles Mm -hmm. are strong, man. And Jalen hurts. People were talking about him kind of like how they're talking, how they talked about Justin Fields uh, earlier this season. Could he be, QB1, I think the quest, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. He's an MVP candidate at this point. So the Eagles are strong, and they beat the Vikings before. They're uh, a big, a big, like, opponent in their way yeah. to getting to where the Vikings want to be. Yeah. If you're wondering, folks, why people are skeptical about the Vikings, it's because they are basically in direct comparison to the Eagles. They're one and two in the NFC. So when the Eagles welcome in a plucky AFC team into their building, they leave no doubt. They blow them off the field. The mm-hmm. Vikings toyed around and they they messed around and almost lost to the New York Jets. So that's the difference. That's the difference right now. That's why the Eagles are number one in power rankings, and that's why the Vikings are not. Um so I think there's still a lot of room for this Vikings team to grow, but hey, they're 10-2, and two, and we will have all of the fallout from this game and all of the preview for Detroit all week on Locked on Sports Minnesota and Superior Sports Talk. Luke Inman returns tomorrow, your usual partner, Reggie. Uh, thank you so much today for joining us, folks. I'm Sam Ekstrom, pinch hitting today. You can find me on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom, or on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson is on CARE 11 every single night of the week, except I guess he gets an occasional night off. Um, but he's, he's grinding over there. 
Uh, Matt DeBritz directed. Thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time on Superior Sports Talk. Be blessed. Spread love this week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.